0: Welcome. This is the One Year Bible Reading for January 8th, and we are beginning today in chapter 18, uh, verse 16 of Genesis. Then the men got up from their meal and looked out toward Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? the Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard a great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I am going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. If not, I want to know. The other men turned and headed toward Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham Abraham approached him and said, "'Will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? "'Suppose you find 50 righteous people "'living there in the city. "'Will you still sweep it away "'and not spare it for their sakes? "'Surely you wouldn't do such a thing, "'destroying the righteous along with the wicked. "'Why would you be treating the righteous "'and the wicked exactly the same? "'Surely you wouldn't do that. "'Should not the judge of all the earth do what is right?' And the Lord replied, If I find fifty righteous people in Sodom, I will spare the entire city for their sake. Then Abraham spoke again, Since I have begun, let me speak further to my Lord, even though I am but dust and ashes. Suppose there are only forty-five righteous people, rather than fifty. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And the Lord said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five righteous people there. Then Abraham pressed his request further. Suppose there are only 40. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it for the sake of the 40. Please don't be angry, my Lord, Abraham pleaded. Let me speak. Suppose only 30 righteous people are found. And the Lord replied, I will not destroy it if I find 30. Then Abraham said, Since I have dared to speak to the Lord, let me continue. Suppose there are only 20. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the twenty. Finally, Abraham said, Lord, please don't be angry with me if I speak one more time. Suppose only ten are found there. And the Lord replied, Then I will not destroy it for the sake of the ten. When the Lord had finished his conversation with Abraham, he went on his way, and Abraham returned to his tent. That evening, the two angels came to the entrance of the city of Sodom, Lot was sitting there, and when he saw them, he stood up to meet them. Then he welcomed them and bowed with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, come to my home to wash your feet and be my guests for the night. You may then get up early in the morning and be on your way again. Oh no, they replied, we'll just spend the night out here in the city square. But Lot insisted, so at last they went home with, the, with him. Lot prepared a feast for them, complete with fresh bread made without yeast, and they ate. But before they retired for the night, all the men of Sodom, young and old, came from all over the city and surrounded the house. They shouted to Lot, Where are the men who came to spend the night with you? Bring them out to us so we can have sex with them. So Lot stepped outside to talk to them, shutting the door behind them. Please, my brothers, he begged, don't do such a wicked thing. Look, I have two virgin daughters. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do with them as you wish, but please leave these men alone, for they are my guests and under my protection. Stand back, they shouted. This fellow came to town as an outsider, and now he's acting like our judge. We'll treat you far worse than those other men. And they lunged toward Lot to break down the door. But the two angels reached out, pulled Lot into the house, and bolted the door. Then they blinded all the men, young and old who were at the door of the house, so they gave up trying to get inside. Meanwhile, the angels questioned Lot, "'Do you have any other relatives here in the city?' they asked. "'Get them out of this place, your sons-in-law, sons, daughters, and anyone else, for we are about to completely destroy this city. The outcry against this place is so great that it has reached the Lord and he has sent us to destroy it.'" So Lot rushed out to tell his daughter's fiancés, "'Quick, get out of the city!' The Lord is about to destroy it. But the young men thought he was only joking. At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. When Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. Oh no, my lord, Lot begged, you have been so gracious to me and saved my life, and you have shown such great kindness. But I cannot go to the mountains. Disaster would catch up to me there and I would soon die. See, there is a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? then my life will be saved. All right, the angel said, I will grant your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. This explains why the village was known as Zoar, which means little place. Lot reached the village just as the sun was rising over the horizon. Then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them, along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him, and she turned into a pillar of salt. Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain toward Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But the Lord had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Afterward, Lot left Zoar because he was afraid of the people there, and he went to live in a cave in the mountains with his two daughters. One day the older daughter said to her sister, There are no men left anywhere in this entire area, so we can't get married like everyone else, and our father will soon be too old to have children. "'Come, let's get him drunk with wine, and then we will have sex with him. "'That way we will preserve our family line through our father.' "'So that night they got him drunk with wine, "'and the older daughter went in and had intercourse with her father. "'He was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. "'The next morning the older daughter said to her younger sister, "'I had sex with our father last night. "'Let's get him drunk with wine again tonight, "'and you go in and have sex with him. "'That way we will preserve our family line through our father.' So that night they got him drunk with wine again, and the younger daughter went in and had intercourse with him. As before, he was unaware of her lying down or getting up again. As a result, both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their own father. When the older daughter gave birth to a son, she named him Moab, which means from father. He became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Moabites. When the younger daughter gave birth to a son, she named him ben Ammi. Because he was the ancestor, he became the ancestor of the nation now known as the Ammonites. And that name means son of my kinsman. And we will stop with the Old Testament there today. So shocking after their deliverance. But aren't we prone to the same error when we are delivered by the Lord from some great uh misery or tragedy or even given salvation in our life we then feel we can't trust him with every aspect and there are some things that we need to step in and take a hold of so that is a warning to me today for sure matthew 6 25 that is why i tell you not to worry about everyday life and he's been teaching that you can't serve two gods uh you cannot serve both god and money Yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened you parents if your children ask for a loaf of bread do you give them a stone instead or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow And the road is difficult and only a few ever find it psalm 8 a psalm of david O lord our lord your majestic name fills the earth your glory is higher than the heavens you have taught children and infants to tell of your strength silencing your enemies and all who oppose you when i look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers the moon and stars you set in place What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Proverbs 2, 6 through 15. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is just, right, just, fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. And To end today, we are returning 2, Psalm 122, focusing on verses 2 and 3, which say Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. Nowhere in the world will you find a Christian congregation meeting together without an act of worship at some point. The verses before us now tell us some of the reasons why this is so. First, worship provides us with the structure we need in order to live life effectively. The psalmist tells us that Jerusalem was a city closely compacted together. Miles Coverdale translated these words, that is at unity with itself. Jerusalem was a beautifully designed city where everything fitted together harmoniously. No loose stones, no awkward gaps, no unsightly buildings. It was well-built, compact, and at unity with itself. It was the place also where all the tribes went up to give thanks to the Lord. What was true architecturally was also true socially. The tribes coming from different parts of Israel with their different accents and local customs were drawn together in a single entity as they opened their hearts in worship to God. How do we get the framework, the sense of structure we need to be able to move effectively from one day to another? in a world where everything that seemed to be nailed down is coming apart? What is the coordinating point that pulls together our confused thoughts and feelings as we look out at the comedy we call a civilization? It is to be found in our worship of God. We enter into the presence of the Lord, and lo, His unity becomes our unity. Things that were once loose and sloppy become strong and firm. Worship helps us to get our heads together. It helps us know where we stand. Oh God, now we see why it is we feel so put together after we have spent time worshiping you. All the loose parts of us are restored to their rightful order as your unity contributes to ours. We are so deeply, deeply thankful. Amen. Love you all. Have a wonderful day.